Welcome to United Podcast. It's Sunday night, cracking day in Sydney, Tom. It's time to start morning, brother. You got your beer? Yeah, it's the only way I can start this episode. That's it. Well, I'm actually going to throw mine on ice because, uh, look, it's quite hot here and I've bought this fresh for this episode, so don't mind if I do. But uh, look, Tom, while we we cheers to this, to a a nice day in Sydney and to lockdown ending in a week. And by the way, if you are tuning in, cheers for joining us. I hope you have your drink ready. Tom, what the bloody hell was last night? Well, I've tried to down these to forget about last night, but um, yeah, another 9.30 kickoff we weren't able to take advantage of. Um, I don't know where to start because we all questioned the performance, and rightly so, in terms of the West Ham game, the Aston Villa game, and the Villarreal game. But when that Ronaldo winner goes in against Villarreal, you think, okay, there's a turning point. There's a little bit of confidence. Mm. And then so, such a big story around United in the game. It's all, almost sometimes more important, not more important, but it's bigger news than the actual game. The performance and result is that team selection an hour before kickoff. And an hour before kickoff, to see that rotation, and you can understand rotation, but a week before the international break, well, then I can't understand it. It was unbelievable, unbelievable decision by Solskjaer to, and look, we'll get into certain performances by individuals. Anthony Martial end up scoring a goal. Yeah. But to drop Ronaldo, uh, whether that's the right or wrong thing, I just I couldn't get my head around that team selection and what we said, what, two or three weeks ago, not even that, a week ago. Mm. While we're both fully backing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, we came to the conclusion that ultimately his team selection will cost him his job. And then when you see that team selection perform like that against Everton at home, it adds fuel to that fire. You know what? I've seen this a lot uh, post-game. I've seen, you know, the team selection was wrong. But can I put a different case for you? I actually think United looked pretty good with, without we'll being... Better football. Yeah, but, like, I was we were having this chat uh, in our group chat. I don't know if you saw it earlier. There's an argument to say, and look, right, right or wrong, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but what, what do you make of the United actually look worse when Ronaldo's on the pitch. Now, hear me out here. He's obviously, when he started against Newcastle, looks really good, scores a, a positive goal, particularly the one with Shaw. And this isn't a criticism of Ronaldo in any case. I want to make that crystal clear. But I actually thought United in the first half, really positive football. I thought the way we were moving the ball, even with the McFred partnership, was fairly positive. And you felt we were in control of the game more times than not. So what do you make of the argument that actually Ronaldo impacts the way United play? And again, I want to make the point that I don't think that would necessarily be a criticism of Ronaldo. Maybe that's more a criticism of the coaching. But, but do you see a point in that? Oh, it's not an argument. We, that was my first point when we signed Ronaldo. We said, look, obviously pros and we're so happy about it and he's going to bring so much. But the mm. obvious concern was how he's going to force his play. Obviously, a lot of us watch Portugal in the Euros and Portugal caved to his style. And you think, well, if they had a different striker, maybe you'd get more out of the other players. And it's what I was saying about the Cavani substitution on against Villarreal. You're thinking maybe Ronaldo was the right substitution to have because maybe if it's Cavani up there, maybe you create four or five chances in the hope of scoring two chances rather than hoping you get that one chance, which nine times out of ten you know Ronaldo will take. So it's a full, it's a balancing act. And, yeah, maybe we can play better football without Ronaldo. But the evidence is there to play Ronaldo. It's still stupid. You'd still take that decision to play Ronaldo, even if it means worse football, because ultimately it's not about the football. It's about scoring goals. And if we score the same, I don't want to sound like Michael Owen, but if you score the same amount as the opposition and not more than them, you're not going to win. And that was the ultimate, <laughs> ultimate case this week. That's a valid point. Uh, before we continue the conversation, we're going to come to you in the comments. And 
Look, guys, we know it's somber viewing, but if you like the fact me and Tom are having a drink on a belting sunny Sunday, give us a like on the video. And by the way, those subscriptions going up nice and steadily. So cheers for that and thank you. But we will come to the comments. Get your thoughts in, please. Got Rob here. Evening, lads. Generally sad. I think a change should be on the cards or at least thought about. Please elaborate, Rob. What sort of change are you talking about? Is that a formation change, a personnel change, or are you talking about the manager? Uh, we've got Ryan, evening all. Here we are again, dejected and down after a draw, feeling like a loss. Lots of things to break down. There definitely is, Ryan, and we will come to it. Uh, we've got Josh, evening mates. Uh, same outcome, different day, same feeling at the moment. You're not wrong there, Josh. Uh, we've got Rob coming back. Just don't think Oli can take us and the team to the next level and get the best out of this great squad he's assembled. Tom, let me ask you on this point. Um, obviously, look, it is early days. I'm not going to ask you whether you're Oli in or Oli out. I think that we're, we're more sensible than that. But is there an argument so far from what you've seen to suggest is this as far as Oli can take this side? Because I, I know it, while I say it's early in the season – foolishness is doing the same thing over and over again and hoping for a different result. His persistence, and I, I guess I'll bring it back to the McFred discussion. Um, what, what is it with Solskjaer, Tom? Do you think he's hit his ceiling as a manager? Um, time will tell. Well, he might not have that much longer, but ultimately we'll get that answer once he leaves the club um, in terms of does he, does he win a trophy or doesn't he win a trophy with us? And ultimately, yes, you have to potentially think so. Even when we signed him and we thought, okay, he's kind of come in, what's his job? Is his job to sort of lift the spirits around the club or is his job to take United back to Premier League winners and Champions League winners? And there's definitely two trains of thoughts. Mm. Um, it, it's a hard one. He very well might, but that doesn't mean he's not doing a good job. Now, there are obviously limitations to his job and if there is a better manager out there, that changes that argument. Then you can look at a new manager. Um, I th I'm sure we'll get into that in terms of other names. There's a very, good, very very strong case that he has taken the club as far as he can. And we've made that discussion before. We've said as much as we're backing him and as much as we feel he is the right man for the job, there are maybe in terms of winning a title, winning a Champions League, maybe he's not the manager to do that. Now, whether you make that change now or you make that when ultimately he does fail, now it would make sense to make it now, but is that fair on him? You do um, sort of back him in the window. You have to sort of give him that time to make it right um, throughout the season. Mm. My hunch with the frustration, yes, he probably has taken the club as far as he can go, and that's not a criticism of him. That's He's done a fantastic job. We have to remember Jose Mourinho dragged Man United absolutely through the mud um, a couple of years ago. So he did have a big job to sort of get us back to even dreaming about Premier League titles and Champions League titles sort of thing. But it all comes down to me. It's half the question, okay? You want to get rid of Solskjaer's taking the club as far as you can? Okay, fine. Probably agree. Who? Antonio Conte? Jose Mourinho 2.0? you got Pochettino, who the moment he comes in and loses a game, will think, why are we getting a manager who couldn't win the league with PSG? Or you're getting Brendan Rodgers, a player who, a manager who we both admire, think, well, he bottled it with Liverpool. There's no right manager. Unless it's Sir Alex Ferguson 20 years ago walking into the club, I don't see the right manager. Now, that doesn't mean there shouldn't be a change. If Solskjaer isn't the right man, yes, you do need to change things, but it's not as simple as, okay, the new manager will fix things. Mm. There's still huge problems, in my opinion. I, I, everything you've said there is spot on. And I think there's, and everyone would agree with, agree here, surely. When you look at this United side, no one would have said this is a strong enough side to win the league. Nobody. Okay. And, and I think that's, it's our sad reality. Um, we can sit there and look, yesterday's result was awful and we will get into the game. 
Um, but in saying that, we are still within distance of the top. You've got City and Liverpool versing each other today. We're still going to be within touching distance, but my God, we've got the fixture list of death coming up uh, after the international break. So we'll see what we've made. That's why can't now. That, that's why I can't second now. Even if I was 100% Oli out, just looking at facts, if he's two points off the top of the table, maybe mm. maybe three or four, you just, no matter what your feelings are or the projection of the season, it's, it's near impossible, in my opinion, to sack the manager when you're that close to the... And I know it's very early in the season, so teams like yeah. Brighton are near the top of the table, which sort of won't continue, but I just don't see, while we're having this huge Oli in, Oli out discussion at the moment, I think it's a valid... Look, here we are discussing. I think it's a valid argument, but in terms of expecting or hoping news ha- news breaks in terms of Solskjaer's sacking, I don't think that's going to happen at the moment. And in my opinion, even though maybe the tide is starting to turn, I'd say rightly so, he shouldn't be sacked now this close to the top of the table. Agreed. And I think we've seen with this board, um, as tight as they can be, we, we saw with Jose Mourinho, if they feel there is no hope at top four, they're not too gun-shy to, to pull the trigger. So for those thinking, you know, we need to be mathematically out, I don't think so. I think they would have seen the amount of investment they've put into the squad. And if if we really start to dwindle in form, I think his job will be on the line. I've seen a few comments around the NRL Grand Final. I promise you we will discuss it because we are Australian at the end of the day, Tom. So you're, you're, you're living out Penrith Way, aren't you? Close enough? Yeah, not far. Well, a good mate of mine, I was telling you. Maybe we might actually get him on the podcast. A good mate of mine who I played with over in England and sort of roomed with over, over in Sheffield. Um, he's the head of performance at Penrith. So while I don't support rugby league or go for any team, um, it would be nice to see Penrith win. Fair enough. We'll definitely come to that at the end. Uh, all right, lads. So let's talk about the game, Tom. Um, what, what did you make of the way United were playing? Uh, we Obviously, we've discussed the starting lineup. Um I want to ask you about the goal we conceded because um, there's mixed congestion somehow that that's all his fault. Can I ask you just, have you seen the goal? Have you assessed it? Because bloody hell, mate, I don't know what Luke Shaw was doing. What on earth was Luke Shaw doing? Well, that's the thing. I think it's definitely, you can point the finger to individuals, but then, and we have looked better at set pieces while this was an attack and set piece, but you do look, well, you can't blame Solskjaer. However, the same thing, not same thing, but remember Istanbul last season when we had... 34 players in the box and no one defending. Very similar situation this time. But we look at, first of, all, first of all, Fred. Okay, to one, be knocked off the ball by a small winger. It shouldn't be happening for a defensive midfielder. And then if that somehow does happen, which is fair enough, well, then you're fouling. He lets him go. So ultimately, Fred's at fault a little bit. But then what I come back to in terms of Luke Shaw, lazy. He looks like he puts a lot of effort in. And you can have your opinion, should he have gone to him or should he have stayed with his man? It looks like he puts a lot of effort in. The reason mm. he has to sprint is because when Everton clear the ball, Luke Shaw's trotting along just walking. He has to make up that distance. If Luke Shaw, as soon as Everton clear the ball, Luke Shaw gets back into position, we are 100% safe. That ball doesn't come into Corey. 100% safe. And that's simply down to Luke Shaw being lazy, thinking Fred will deal with that. Even if you back Fred as the best defensive midfielder, as a fullback or any player on the pitch, you have to expect whenever your player is, whether got the ball or going for the ball, you have to expect the worst-case scenario. If Paul Scholes has the ball and I'm making a run, I have to think, okay, he might get it to me. If he doesn't get it to me, though, where where am I? And Luke Shaw just had no awareness of any danger around him and was just trotting along like he's on a Sunday stroll. And ultimately, Damari Gray gets past Fred and danger hits and Luke Shaw's not ready. So a catalogue of errors. And look, yeah, ultimately, could Solskjaer have better instruction in and around the setup in terms of when we're attacking a corner? Can he have an extra man back, et cetera? That can be pointed at Solskjaer. But again, that's a... 
You look at the Jesse Lingard back pass against young boys, completely out of um, Solskjaer's control. You, you look at Luke Shaw not tracking back. That's down to Luke Shaw. That's not down to Solskjaer. So, look, everyone's to blame, manager and players in this one. Look at George's comment here. George, sorry, mate. I think you've had a shocker. Romeo and Ward-Prowse over McFred. That's a – come on. You, you take you take Ward oh, – no, maybe not the balance. Uh, the two players are obviously better than Fred. Um, yeah. Ward-Prowse is a good player, but in terms of a partnership, you know, McTominay, I thought, sort of started to get a little bit forward and sort of quite advanced, and I thought that was a, maybe a key in sort of our good start to the first half. But um, – do you, yeah. What do you make of this criticism of McTominay that he goes hiding? I actually, I think there's something in that. He, he doesn't, he, he's clearly not confident enough to get the ball deep. He, he's, he just sort of stays in that eight position. He's not willing to come deep. And I think that's the issue. This argument of, you know, play him in the six, he clearly doesn't like taking the ball off the defense. He either doesn't feel confident, confident with his back to goal or he just doesn't believe in, it in himself to do it. You can look at it two different ways. You can say that he's hiding and yet he doesn't want to go in there and we can criticise him for that. Or you can say what you said last week about Fred, something you respect about Fred is, okay, you think he's a garbage player, but he thinks he's good. Now you could then make the case for McTominay thinking, well, I know I'm not good in there, so I'm not going to go get the ball there. Because if I do get the ball there, there's a chance I'll lose the ball. So you it's think... Manchester United, mate, you can't be like... But, but then that goes down to Solskjaer for picking him in that position let him bomb forward, let him play near the striker, not as a 10 near the striker, but getting more advanced, let someone else, let Nemanja Matic, who just lives and breathes getting the ball off the back four. That's what he does. That's his mm. strength. But if you play McTominay and Fred and ask two players who aren't comfortable doing that to go and do it for you, um, ultimately you're going to be low on confidence. And the last thing a midfielder wants to do when you're low on confidence is to go and get the ball off the back four. Well, I've been there. It's, tr- it's a dreadful feeling because you're going to get the ball off and you, you know what's behind you. You know a player is going to be pressing you. The last thing you want is the ball to feet. Especially with some of our players, like the way Juan Bissaka, like if you if you're right footed, Juan Bissaka, oh. no doubt he'll find your left foot. If Luke Shaw's playing and you're right footed, Luke Shaw will play your left foot. Like they have no intelligence in playing into midfield when you compare it to sort of the likes of Liverpool and City. So yeah, that's definitely a criticism of McTominay in regards to hiding. But you can weigh it up and say, well, he's almost maybe doing the smart thing because if McTominay's picking the ball up off the back four, we're going to be losing the ball quite often there. It's a criticism of Oli, mate, because he sits there and and this is the thing. This is the stick you can beat him with. Oli said the other day, we, we don't have time for sulkers. When you get an opportunity, prove yourself. But we've got Fred and McTominay making mistake week after week, game after game. They continue to be picked. And the argument that, well, Donny's not good defensively, well, neither neither is Fred, clearly. So, like, you know what I mean? He, he, he picks and chooses. You can't have it both ways, Oli. I think Sir Alex always made a very good point, which I, I agreed with. I, I was a captain sort of growing up and sort of in the senior football sort of thing. So I always looked at like Roy Keane and leadership and Sir Alex Ferguson. And Sir Alex used to always make the point saying a great sign of leadership or a great trait of leadership is to be able to make a decision and stick by it when, not, when the whole world disagrees with you and says it's the wrong decision for you to stick by it and stick to your guns. And as you said, it's a real sign of leadership. So you can almost take it as a positive trait of soldier sticking to his guns. But his stubbornness will ultimately cost him. We, I said, okay, you can do that to an extent, but when the evidence backs up sort of everyone, the 99% it backs their sort of claims up, you do have to change things and he's not changing things. So I can see his stubbornness being a potential positive in certain certain aspects of his management. But And I don't want to lay this all on McFred, but it kind of does sort of fall at the feet of the manager because Fred and McTominay are trying their hardest. There's two things we can't question about them, but ultimately it comes down to quality. And George makes a point about James Ward-Prowse. Okay, 
he's not someone who'd walk into a midfield or the top four, but he's a better footballer than McTominay and Fred. No arguments for me. Um, going through the few comments here, and uh, Tom, then we have the wonderful task of 3-2-1, so that's always good fun. But Dion James, no way Shaw is fully fit. Mate, I think he is fit. I just think he's lazy. Shaw's had this issue since he walked into United. He is lazy. And that's all it is. I saw Varane multiple times. Varane got the ball and wanted Luke Shaw to bomb forward to play a ball forward. And Luke Shaw, no, no, I'll just stroll along next to it. And Varane was sort of having to cut back in and play Lindelof. And um, you can almost see some of the players are fed up with him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And he is lazy. But I thought Varane was really good yesterday, by the way. Uh, we've got Robert is agreeing there with Ryan um, around, you know, Lingard needing to play more. And yeah, I agree. I think Lingard, every time he comes off the bench, he's making a positive impact. So maybe should have come on there. We've got Jordan. Would you prefer McTominay out of the two? Just can't stand Fred. He's making me go gray. Uh, mate, Fred's making all of us go gray. Don't worry about that. You're not alone there. I've got Michael uh, adding to Tom. Ollie Road McFred. To get to this point, change surely has to come in midfield. Maybe maybe you're right, Michael. Maybe he feels a sense of loyalty to them. But the key of a good manager is the need and to be able to identify when you need to evolve. And he's just... What, what I don't understand, and Solskjaer is the boss. He's the one who has to make the decision and com- completely right. He shouldn't be sort of too heavily influenced by outside factors. But he has football people around him. He has Michael Carrick who understands that role. I'm sure he's on the phone and sort of at the training ground with Stralix Ferguson. They're having discussions about football. Mm. I just don't see how that change isn't made. But okay, ultimately, they're not going to say, Solskjaer, you have to do this. It's his team. But these yeah. are football people, and Solskjaer knows the game. I just don't see how the whole world, and there's a lot of football opinions I don't sort of value in terms of you, when you scroll through a Twitter type thing. But even the people who you disagree with and you don't value their opinion, they've got the same opinion on Fred and McTominay playing together than the experts. So it's clearly the wrong thing, especially at home. There are certain times which why Solskjaer play does trust them to play them together. But at home to Everton especially when Everton were quite weakened. Maybe not in terms of the defence and midfield. It was mainly their attack, which was a little bit weakened. So I don't think it changed the way we play. But still, the I think Rio Ferdinand and Paul Scholes have made the point it's not so much how you play, it's the perception it gives to the opposition. It says, okay, yeah. we're lining up with two defensive midfielders. We're a little bit worried today. And it gives that opposition a little bit of a boost going into the game. Yeah, and Pogba on the bench. Again, another weird selection there by Oli. I didn't understand that one. I think the attacking options, I understand with Ronaldo, you know, I, I would have started CR7, of course, um, but, you know, the attacking, attacking-wise, attacking United actually looked good in the first half. So it looked like a masterstroke, but, yeah, the, the midfield one, definitely little to be desired there. we got George. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sandra on the right, Greenwood on the left? You feel the Englishman can thrive there since he's two-footed, and it would make our wingers multi-dimensional. Well, George, I think we've seen that uh, Oli does like to have a fluid system, um, but I, I don't understand the persistence with Sancho on the left. I, I really don't. Um, Tom, can I ask you on uh, Martial? Is he injured? Uh, that's my understanding, and that was actually yeah, so, why he came off. Yeah, no, he's injured halfway through the first half. He, he, he pulled up. I'm surprised he finished the first half. I thought he's going to be subs almost straight after the goal type thing, and he mm. came back out. Um, in the second half and was limping for 90% until he got taken off. So whether it's a big injury or precaution, but I'd say because he ran on, ran on it for another half hour after it happened, um, he might be out for a little bit. Yeah, you know what? Um, we'll come to three, two, ones. I, I got to admit, mate, I was really happy for the Frenchman. I really, I thought he was, I thought he was really positive. I, I've seen some, I've seen some people say he, you know, he shouldn't have been selected, but 
you know, you, you got to be able to identify, even if you don't like him, you got to identify when a player plays well. And he did. I don't think he was good. I don't think he was great. Obviously, I'm very pleased to see him score a goal. I think why he was, not him personally, was so good, having that left winger out there rather than Paul Pogba or Mason Greenwood yeah. on the right, it gave us a lot more width, which you, you look at the space Bruno Fernandes had before the goal in terms of that he gets the ball and he has a left winger to play. Sometimes Paul Pogba, if Bruno gets that ball, Pogba might have been behind Bruno Fernandes. Sort of thing, but Bruno picks the ball up and has a natural left winger out there to play that ball to. So I think whether that was Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, or whoever, just a natural winger, I think that was the um, why Anthony Marshall sort of stood out as having a good performance. He kept the ball well. Got to admit that. I mean, if you no, look, he, at... he played fine. It was a good good performance. Yeah, uh, but Tom, speaking of good performances. Here's the fun task, three, two, ones. So please do get your comments in because I'm really keen to see how this one pans out. Uh, man of the match? <laughs> I've got no one at the moment. I'm trying to think. As I said, the first half, I think, especially the first half hour, I think there were some good performances, especially as a team. I thought Bruno had a decent game. I mean, De Gea, again, a couple of very good saves, especially in the first mm. half. So De Gea is what in is the Gea playing? Out of his and skin. I, I looked at the, the the rankings that we're doing, all the points, and Day is running away with the award already. So if he gets three points here, you could almost close the voting. But I thought Varane had a decent game. One Vasaka in the first half, I thought was very good. Um, sort of faded How away in the second. Stuff, Jeez, I, I don't know why I noticed it yesterday for some reason, but it just look, he, every time look, he, gets yeah, it. He, he doesn't have a great touch. I think his touch looks a lot worse than it is because of how he looks. I think if you look at the effectiveness of how he plays, he's starting to improve and getting a little bit better. But he does look. Very mm. awkward, which does make his touch look a lot worse. In terms of three points as well, I t- don't know. As bad as Freddie McTominay were, for what they do, for how they do play, I thought they were good for their level. And obviously, I expect a little bit more of McTominay when he's going forward. But in that sort of sitting too, well, they were quite a subpar in terms of Man United standards. By their standards, I thought they were fine. Then you look at the front. I thought Jaden Sancho made a difference when he came on. I thought he was good. Again, sort of no real productivity, but you can't really blame him for that. He can only sort of give the ball to the, his teammates and it's up to the teammates to do something with it. So I don't know. Here's some comments in the in the live chat. I'll be maybe leaning towards De Gea or Juan Vasaka maybe. But, yeah, again, that, that's a stretch. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel here. I thought Varane was boss. I thought Varane was really good. There was, a, there was an opportunity in the first half. I'm trying to recall who it was. Varane got back and he had no right to. I, I don't know if the – I think it was – no, it wasn't Mina. I can't recall who it was. Maybe Rondon. Anyway, yeah, someone was. Outside, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was a, an opportunity where you thought the striker was going to have a shot. He, he took his sweet time and Varane got back and made a brilliant save. And yeah. I actually think, mate, I would hate to think where we would be. I'm happy it's Maguire that's out, not Varane. Put it that way. I, I think he makes us so solid. He, he, all I the goals we're conceding better. Uh, while we're conceding goals and this stat come out, I think it's like 18 games or something. We haven't kept a clean sheet or something, something crazy like that. But I feel we're kind of defending better. Um, we are giving up a few chances here or there, but they're down to sort of individual it's mistakes. On the counter, or, isn't it? Yeah, they're not sort of something you think, okay, we've got a huge problem with our back four. I think it's yeah. someone that like, they're playing the ball out and losing the ball. There's no, I don't Man. think there's a real system issue with defending. Lindelof had a good game. Lindelof had a, a really good game against uh, Damari Gray. He, mm. he went at him a, a fair bit, clearly, and I thought Lindelof did well. But in saying that, I thought Damari Gray had one of Everton's better players. He, he was very direct, very good, and obviously he creates, he creates their goal, so... Difficult one. Um, look, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I'm feeling someone in the defence. Uh, let's see what the comments are before we lean into it. Uh, we've got Josh, three for one, Basaka, two for De Gea, one for Bruno. I'll come to Bruno after the three, two, ones. Tom, I'm going to ask you a question on Bruno. 
So please stay tuned for that one. Uh, we got Josh saying thought Martial was much better, but still way off. I think he was playing a bit safe, Josh. I think after the goal, you saw he looked more positive. He suddenly had a shot again, and he was more willing to get it played. It's funny, like a goal can just change a player's confidence. And Tom, you know that better than anyone. Uh, we've got uh, we've got Michael agreeing that Lindelof did well one v one. We've got Trev here, three for De Gea, two for Varane, one for Bruno. A lot of Bruno love. I got to admit, I'm not with you lads, but. Look, everyone to their opinion. Fair enough. Tom, well, I think I, I, I thought Bruno was good. No, not definitely not for three points, but I thought he made things happen. And look, he's one of those places always going to be frustrating. And when you don't win the game, that frustration is sort of highlighted. But as a performance, so you just look at that touch. I know we discuss it, and okay, ultimately it doesn't lead to a win. That touch, it simply cannot do that again. To control that ball with the sort of mm. laces as the ball's coming outside on the, really? the right hand side of you. Look, I'm not giving him points for a touch, but um, he ultimately got the assist. But yeah, I, I would be looking at the back. So De Gea's name there a few times, which, again, okay, last line of defence, obviously, if he's not there, the ball does roll in to the back of the net. But ultimately, he does make sort of, an, at the end of the day, match-winning saves. So maybe I would be leaning towards De Gea. I think you've convinced me. De Gea for three. Uh, two points. Look, I, I'm... I thought... I agree with you. I thought Wambasaka was quite solid in the first half. Um... Yeah, I think I think with what's left, I'm going between Varane and uh, Wambasaka, but I also understand the argument for Bruno giving the assist and bloody hell. Look, I actually didn't think Bruno played all that well, but that assist was out of this world. So please help I, me. I would be leaning towards Wambasaka then Varane. Because, again, I thought Varane was very good, um, did his job. And we do look a hell of a lot safer defending set pieces because we do concede a few corners and free kicks in dangerous positions. And no longer am I sitting there going, oh, God, where's this going to bounce? Who's, who's going to try and get their head on this? Nine, nine times out of ten, Varane gets his head to it. And um, you have to just to sort of applaud that because he's been fantastic. While the, maybe the clean sheets don't back him up on, on paper, I think yeah. he's been brilliant since he's come in. Absolutely. All right. I'm feeling two for one Basaka, one for Varane. Uh, do we have any disagreement in the comments? Uh, we've got, uh, yeah, same thing. Look, I, I see the argument for Bruno, but... Tom, I think, are we sold? We've got Wambasaka for two, Varane for one, De Gea for three. Yeah, no, Bruno will have plenty more chances to um to get some points. I'm sure he'll sort of get about 10 more three points. But um, I've just seen Michael just put Sancho there as well. Uh, Sancho is good. If we do get a result, San- we're discussing Sancho changing the game. Yeah. Um, ultimately, nothing really comes of it. But I thought that was Sancho's best performance. And what Sancho is doing, while not being great, is improving. He's looking fitter. He's looking sharper. And yet yeah. you'd rather that than, okay, ultimately it hasn't been great for him, but you'd rather that than him score two goals on his debut and then nothing, okay? The debut started off slowly, slowly, and now he's getting better, which is all you can ask for. So Sancho was good when he came on. No, and look, he's never played in the Premier League. It's worth remembering, you know, you've got to adjust to the pace, you've got to adjust to your teammates. And All right, so, Tom, this is the, this is the thing I wanted to bring up today around Bruno. Um, and, again, I think you have to put this at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's playing too far up for my liking, way too far up. I understand he enjoys scoring goals and I know he's good at, he's good at scoring goals. And again, he produces an assist. But if you look at United's problem at the moment in attack, it's they struggle to progress the ball quickly. Bruno is good at that. And he's sitting up there. Hold, he's basically in the pocket of Cristiano Ronaldo. He needs to come deeper and he needs to be played deeper. I don't care if it's a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1, a 3-5-2, whatever it is. He needs to take some responsibility and acknowledge he is a midfielder 
and a midfielder needs to be contributing in the middle of the pitch. Do you agree with me on that one? I'm just, I think he's just, it's actually becoming a detriment to the side. There are enough good attacking outlets in this football team to contribute with goals. Bruno Fernandes needs to contribute to the, to the greater cause and actually acknowledge he's a midfielder. Yeah, no, it's hard to argue. It's the debate with Ronaldo. Okay, Ronaldo's great scoring goals. Could the team be better off and create more chances without Ronaldo? It's a balancing act, and especially with Bruno Fernandes. And ultimately, if he's going to get as many of assists and as many goals as he does, you have to afford maybe sort of a lesser performance in regards to the build-up play. But then you ask the question, well, if his build-up play is better, well, someone else might be in the position to score 10 more goals a season or 15 more goals a season. So it's balancing act. I remember once he went and picked the ball up off Luke Shaw, oh no, sort of one soccer in the first half. So he picked the ball up pretty much in the right-back situation. And then mm. the play was dead. Everton had 11 men behind the ball. And Bruno was standing there on the ball, 70 yards from goal. But Bruno's Fernandez thinking, okay, how can we score here? And he played a cross-field ball to Martial. It was a 70-yard ball, sort of switch in play. Now, I forget if the ball made it or not. But let's say it made it to Anthony Martial. Well, Martial's got the ball and Bruno's 70 yards from him. So Bruno's doing the wrong thing because even if it's a fantastic pass, well, Martial gets the ball. Martial's now got no option because who's supposed to be 10 yards from Martial? Bruno Fernandes. So there was a perfect example five minutes later. Cavani picked the ball up in the exact same position. Cavani said, well, I can play the ball forward here. However, I'm the one who's supposed to be forward. Dropped the ball off to Lindelof, and Cavani just sprinted forward back into position, let Lindelof play that pass. And I think Bruno Fernandes gets in the habit of, and, and rightly so maybe because he has been so impactful, I think Bruno is almost feeling the responsibility of trying to do too much. He, he knows how important he is. And, and rightly so, whether he's sort of believing hype from the media or just he feels that on the training ground, he feels that on the pitch, how important he is. I think he's not letting it get to his head in a bad way, but it's affecting how he plays. And that's why I think when a defender has the ball, he thinks, I'll go get it off him. And when I get the ball, I'll go and score. Well, sometimes, hang on, you're not going to get the ball. Come back in the midfield. Let's just play the game properly and let's see what can happen. But he's so desperate to win, which is a positive trait, but also maybe a little bit detrimental. I'm keen to see what uh, you guys think in the comments. Uh, we've got Costly. Uh, I think Bruno in that role worked well last night. He was creating, and if we collectively had a better game, it would have a, it would have made a greater impact. But th that's my issue, Ian. I think he's playing too far up. That he's it's actually to the detriment of the football side. Um, I, I rewatched the game today, which I don't know why I chose to punish myself that way. But he occupies positions that are just way too far up the pitch. Our best attacking outlets, uh, uh, I think it was Freddie, put in a great cross for Cavani. That opportunity actually started because Bruno actually did come deep and was there to play the ball. Bruno is a very effective midfielder, and he will have times where, yes, he will be able to get into the box. But I think, again, that's a criticism of the system. If he deploys a 4-3-3, I think it will allow when the ball's in certain positions, Pogba can be that one who's on the edge of the box. And when it's on another area of the pitch, then Bruno can be the one on the edge of the box. But at the moment, I just don't think he's he is not – Oli's not utilizing the strengths of his football side. We're conceding goals anyway. I said it to you last time, Tom. Forget the clean sheets. I know it's important, but if we know that we can score goals, you score three, we'll score four. Bring it on. Uh, yeah, Josh, I am a little bit sunburned. I went out and had a kick today uh, with a few boys, and it was good fun, but I am a little bit burnt. So. Belting day in Sydney. Tom, all right, I'm going to move on from the, the football because I'm sure we will have plenty to talk about over the international break. Please tell me who's winning the rugby league tonight. Who's playing? I know I know Penrith's playing. Who, who are they playing against? 
Are you being dead set serious? Do I look like I know who's playing? Jesus. I know, I know, I know it's not the Bulldogs, to be fair. And I know it's in Brisbane. I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you who Penrith are playing though. Dear God, I'm really sorry for the content, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez. They're playing the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Benji Marshall's potential last game in, in the Didn't NRL. Try like ten years ago? No. Oh, I've got to get up to right. I've got to get up to right. the speed of things. This conversation is dead in the ass. I'm not going to bother with it. So if anyone wants to come into the comments and contribute to the Rugby League Grand Final, please do. Let the Panthers win so Burden can get his premiership before he suffers at the Bulldogs. Mate, George, hey, I'm a Bulldogs fan. Burden, you know what? Dogs will make the top eight next year. I'm going to say it right now. Uh, we've got Jordan Ashby. I was waiting for that answer. Tom, you're a disgrace. I can't believe you're Australian and you don't watch Rugby League. What's going on? I'll watch the first three minutes until it's the same thing for six tackles, run, fall over, run, fall over, and we watch that for the next 80 minutes. So I'll watch for the first three or four minutes before I turn over to... Does Neymar not do the same thing? He has a bit of style to it. Runs and falls over? Uh, can any of them play in a fortnight at Leicester? Yeah, I could see Benji Marshall doing that. We've got Dion in the comment. F- thank you, Dion. Someone knows what they're talking about. South by eights. I'm going for Penrith in this one. I'm going for Penrith in this one. i got to be honest. I hate the Rabbitohs. Jesus Christ. Awful football side. Uh, we've got Trev up up the bunnies. Mate, I don't know about that one. Look, the Rabbitohs do look strong. Panthers tonight. Souths are like Liverpool to me. I agree with you, Rob. If you are a, if you are a rugby league fan, you'll remember the Bulldogs versus Souths 2015. Bulldogs were in a winning position, Tom. James Graham, he, he uh, we've got Adam Reynolds goes for a field goal. James Graham goes to block it, and uh, the referee wrongfully gives a penalty to the Rabbitohs. They get two points in front. They win the game. Disgusting stuff. Disgusting stuff. Here we got Ian having a dig at me. That's Larry when he plays soccer. Fall over, run, repeat. Mate, Ian, seriously, the keg you're carrying around. Mate, if you look down and you can see your penis, I'll be impressed. Put it that way, mate. All right? Got Rob loves the doggies, good stuff. I've got Jordan Penrith. I hate South, especially after beating Manly last week. Sorry, guys. I thought, look, it was a, it was going to be a little bit fun to talk a bit of rugby league, but look, it is a football podcast. We'll leave it there. Tom, uh, are you looking forward to the international break? Not at all. No, even if United are bad and sort of not sort of providing you with that enjoyment, you don't look forward to um, the international break, regardless. Um, you, I think the players as well, you do want to put things right on the pitch and we don't have that opportunity. And you just look at the returning fixtures and you're away at Leicester, but then um, sort of we've got what, Liverpool, City, away at Tottenham, et cetera, as well, plus sort of must-win Champions League games. Um, while I am looking forward to that, it's um, a frightening sort of prospect, I think. we got Rob in the comments, Forza Italia. Mate, Rob loves international football. Personally, it puts me to sleep, but yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, Tom, before we wrap up, actually, look, it seems to be a big deal to people. Ollie's smiling on the sideline in stoppage time. Do you have an issue with it? Look, no, but I can – look, no, it's nothing. However, perception is reality and people will use that and it's an extra stick on the fire which will be used against him and it won't help him. So, look, no, it's absolutely nothing. You saw Ronald Koeman the other day or the same thing doing it as well for Barcelona. These things happen. It was a nothing incident, but it will be used against him and ultimately – the way sort of football pressure works on in regards to managers and the way it sort of comes across in the media, um, it will have an impact because it's not just the first time. I've seen the exact same thing with Klopp and Pep Guardiola, Frank Lampard, Mikel Arteta, um, who's the 
Southampton manager. Southampton manager was laughing his head off at three one down against um, at Chelsea. So it's one of those things that will be used against him wrongly. So, but if it is used against him at the end of the day, it will have an impact, and fans will cling to anything they can to beat him with. And unfortunately, um, perception is reality. Is Minareola going to make a comment this international break? He hasn't already. I'll go. I'll scroll through Twitter. I'm, I'm positive he has already. I'm sure. <laughs> it's a shoe in mate i think we'll wrap it up there uh cheers for tuning in uh if you haven't subscribed do subscribe um and like the video and look i know it's a little bit depressing but i hope we've tried to bring you some sunday positivity tom you're liking my uh my sunburn look am i really that red i don't feel like i am to be honest no am just, I just, i'll just ask myself the question did you finish that drink or not that you poured yourself halfway a little bit left yeah did you finish yours gone oh that's tom always always finishing quickly and early all right lads we'll leave it there pleasure as always we'll catch you during the week tom i'm sure there'll be i'm sure there'll be transfer rumors always pop up this time of year and i hope everyone enjoys the grand final tonight cheers we'll do cheers